We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to this very special Rotoviz episode. We're jumping into March Madness. The Sweet 16 is upon us. I am joined by the Colby Dant. You can find him on Twitter at the Colby Dant. Oh, the Colby D, excuse me. Colby's been on the show with us picking college football games before. You can find him over on uh, the college experience, both football and basketball. And today we are, we've already talked a little bit of CU football because that's what we do. But today we're getting into some March Madness. But before we do that, how uh, how's everything been going, Colby? How did you guys, you guys were out in Vegas last week, I believe, for the, the first uh two rounds how was that experience for you oh it's always a great experience if you've never done the opening round in las vegas it is fantastic the only thing that i'll say and i've done this you know a lot for the past you know 15 20 years is you know you just gotta be more aware i'm in my 40s now man so you know (laughs) there's days of uh of partying and 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 you know uh, back in my twenties, uh, it worked out then, but now you just got to pace yourself. You know what I mean? Right. You got to pace yourself. You got to be the smart guy in Vegas. You know what I mean? Maybe go to sleep at a, at 11 PM. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. but it was great seeing the, seeing the basketball game, seeing the fans, the tick people with their, you know, whether it was alumni or whether it was people with tickets. Uh, you know, I always have this memory in my, in my mind from a few years back when I was there and a UMBC graduate had a ticket. And, you know, I don't think he knew anything about college basketball. He just happened to be in Vegas with friends and he went to UMBC and he placed uh, like a $500 bet on UMBC to beat Virginia on the money line. And he ended up dancing on the bar. Uh, Security, security didn't arrest him. They brought him down. But like, so I love seeing (laughs) the energy on that with the tickets. You know, I I didn't see, I did not see a uh, fairly Dickinson fan this trip, but uh, it's always a cool experience bad. to see the energy, the energy of people with, yeah. with winning tickets. I saw some people with Princeton money line. That was, that was pretty That's cool. Fun. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's always good. <laughs> I recommend it. Some, some, I'm sure you saw plenty of uh, people in Purdue gear, just walking oh, yeah. head down and just, just slumped over. Charlie Purdue Brown and Virginia and, and the yeah. Virginia fans again, you know, and they had that game. It was, uh, you know, it's, I saw one guy, uh, one guy uh, zip up his Purdue uh, shirt into his windbreaker so that no one could see he was wearing the Purdue shirt after the, like seconds after that outcome 
you know, was final. Yeah. That's so. sad. I mean, that's what I would probably do. I'd just be like, all right, it's, it's done. I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. want anyone to talk to me. This never happened. Oh, it's actually well thought I, out. Uh, yeah, I felt a lot like him, though, at the end of that Gonzaga game. I had Gonzaga minus four, four and a half, whatever it was. And with 0.7 seconds left, I'm dancing. I finally, maybe I'm back in the positive. I, I had kept chasing li- my live bets. I kept being like, surely Purdue is going to come back and win this. So I bit, went big on Purdue. I went big on a few different teams that ended up losing. Cause I was like, of course they're going to come back. They're not going to, and they didn't. And I felt so stupid, but Gonzaga was going to win it all back for me. Um, Cause I did that smart thing where when you're losing, you try to make one big bet to win it all back. <laughs> and then that stupid three went in. And I was like, of course, of course we're done. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen that before. I mean, in case you, the, the audience missed this, uh, you know, you know how you do the inbounds pass and you protect the ball. You don't touch it, but you protect it. Just let it roll and roll. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen it go past half court. And right. So, and so the, the TCU people was celebrating yeah. and high, yes, they were yes. high fiving each other. It was. Un, it was. Un, I mean, look. I know you lost money, and I, I I sympathize with you, but at the same time, I I just have never seen it. It got all the way to the opposing team's basically their three point line, and and, and then Damian Ball nailed the three. Um, I mean, I had TCU, so I was very grateful, but I didn't have, it wasn't like a bigger play of mine. I just took TCU, but, um, I was very grateful to cover that, but man, I, I I was shocked that they let the ball. Normally your defender will come up on you somewhere around half court to make sure you pick up the ball. So the game's over. Right. Didn't happen. No, they were, they were high fiving each other. It was so good. (laughs) That's a tough beat, man. That's a really tough beat. I I, I feel bad for you, man. It's all right. It's all right. We, uh, we're, we're still here. And that's why I brought you on. I was like, okay, I need Colby to help me out here. So I always listen to your podcast. In fact, last week, every time I publish the podcast, I always like, just want to make sure like when it hits my feed, I'll go and listen to it. Um, and make sure it sounds good. And the first ad was y'all's podcast, <laughs> the sports oh, gambling wow. podcast. It was, it was Sean's voice. I was like, Oh, this is hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> I, I always listen to your podcast, but I haven't this week because I didn't want to, uh, to have any spoilers for what you're going to share with me today. So I'm looking forward to going through these picks, uh, hearing who you're on. I'll give my leans, but honestly, uh, Colby, you're the expert here bringing you on for, uh, for your insight. So, uh, but before we do that, I have a couple of, uh, historical trends, that I want to throw at you just to kind of, and then ask you if you care about them at all, but um, sure. 15 seeds. Uh, this is, I think this is like since 2011 or something like that, but 15 seeds are shockingly three and O against the spread in the sweet 16. Um, I did not know that Interesting. Uh, since, since 2014 um, uh, one seeds uh, cover uh, at a 16, eight and one clip when they've won their previous game by 20 points. So we're looking at like Alabama. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, underdogs are 49, 36, and one. Do you care about historical trends? Does this mean anything to you? It's all different teams, different era even. I mean, this is all even before we had crazy transfer stuff uh, because of the NIL deals. Do you care about historical trends? Does that go into your um, your model or your... Uh, you know, it... it you just kind of like, it, no, let's... If it works for me, sometimes you know if, if <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. my reasonings, but I, I I tend to think I I watch a, just an enormous amount of the sport throughout the year. But I, I will say this: the 15 seed thing is something. You know, we've had three straight tournaments where a 15s beat a two, 
And I think that's, that's, a, that's a direct result of the transfer portal. And, you know, maybe even COVID eligibility, because some of these teams yeah. are like 25-year-olds. Um, but that is substantial to me. I mean, I, I don't know that, it, you know, I know you rattled off the number in the Sweet 16. I don't know if that would be a deciding factor for me, but I, I it makes me feel a little bit better because of, of the way I was leaning, if that makes sense. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. if it fits my narrative. Oh, perfect. <laughs> if not, no, 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 you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. There is one uh, that we're going to get to. Um, well, let's get to it right now because we're, we're talking about Michigan State favored against Kansas State. We're going to get right into the picks right here um, because I want to share this one with you. Everyone knows that Izzo is absolutely amazing. Actually, um, so I grew up overseas. Um, I didn't watch March Madness for a long time. The first tournament I got into uh, was with uh, Tom Izzo. They had uh, Maurice Ager, Shannon Brown on the team. And they came up against Duke and they ended up beating Duke. And I just fell in love with Michigan state from that point on. They were like my team. I didn't have a team at the time because I, again, I was like in the Netherlands and stuff like that. So I just adopted Michigan state. And then I lived in Connecticut. So UConn also became my team. So those are my teams, but uh, because Tom Izzo is so special, like he is just such an incredible coach. Um, he's an astonishing uh, six and three against the spread and eight and one uh, straight up when he's a favorite uh, he's favored by two right here and I wonder if like like this the coaching factor that's a consistent like he just gets his team up and uh, when they're favorites they do an incredible job so this line against Kansas State is two I'm actually kind of leaning Kansas State plus two but I'm also a really pessimistic fan I tend to bet against my team more often than not um, but Marquise Noel just looks so good uh, for Kansas State, and he was so fun to watch. I, I went into that game not really rooting for State, and then um, watching him just play and those behind-the-back passes and no-look passes and crazy lay. Like, dude was awesome. So uh, where are you leaning on this one, Colby? Uh, this is actually the game that I want to see most in the in the whole Sweet 16. And so uh, to let you guys know, I don't know if, uh, if you guys, you know – me and Sean, Sean, Sean Green, who's also part of the sports gambling podcast that I work with. So I filled out my final four separately and then I came in, I'm in Vegas. I'm at the, the, the wind at the blue wire studio and I'm like ready to reveal it. And then I realized that Sean has the same exact final four as me. Right. <laughs> so yeah, then I, I had already submitted that bracket into a, a, a pool that I'm playing in. But then I was like, Oh, dude, I can't. I, we can't give away the same exact Final Four. I'm changing my whole Final Four, and then I changed to. So I originally had Michigan State in my Final Four. Uh, okay. I changed to uh, another another Final Four that isn't as successful because I had Arizona in the national championship, which I didn't have them in the Final Four in the the original one. Oh, that's and sucks. then and then I put Kansas State in the mix. All right. So I, I I picked both sides of this, but. I'll tell you this. I'm a bit surprised at the line movement. I think K-State opened up as the favorite. I'm, I'm just fascinated by this game. I, I've said all year that I thought Izzo had the guards he hasn't had in a while. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like the guard play at Michigan State, whether, you know, some some of the guys were play, they always play hard for Izzo, but they just didn't have the skill set that he had back when you look at some of those great teams that he had. You just mentioned one with Shannon Brown. So... Uh, that was the first thing that really like jumped out to me at Michigan state, but, but K state has been, I mean, they were projected 10th in the big 12 
Jerome Tang's in year one, and I love this guy, Jerome Tang, all right, from Trinidad, originally from Trinidad. And first off, love the energy he brought before he ever coached a game. I knew he was a Scott Drew assistant for 20 years at Baylor, won a national championship as an assistant coach. But the K-State football games, they kept showing him in the crowd in, like, the front row, and he's, you know, going toe-to-toe with the biggest fans there. He's got a beer in his hand. I was like, hey. I like this coach. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, I, I mean, I, I'm really rooting for K-State in a way because, A, I picked it on, on the bracket that I actually gave away on air. But, I mean, I think it's a game. And I'm shocked. And Keontae Johnson's story has been fantastic with Kansas State, the big man. He hasn't, he hasn't had a great game the past two games, but he's had a great season. If you go back and yeah. check out the season, obviously he had a, uh, when he was at Florida, uh, he had a, a his, you know, he's, his heart, was a big issue in a game in a game. And oh, he actually had, wow. I didn't he, know that. Yeah. He was taken off on a stretcher and, uh, could, didn't play basketball for a year and a half because he almost died on the court in Tallahassee. Um, when he was on the Florida Gators. So seeing his success story come back and now, you know, he's on the NBA radar. I love that story. I think at the end of the day, I think, I think they're the more talented team K state, but I, I Tom Izzo's Tom Izzo. He's a Hall of Fame coach, and I expect this to be a one-possession game with two minutes left. I'll take Kansas State in the points, but it would not shock me at all if Michigan State wins this game. I think it's coming right down to the wire. It's at Madison Square Garden. I feel like that's another advantage for Michigan State and Izzo because they play there every year. So uh, I'll take K-State in the two, but I'm not in love with this play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you are designating uh, a few units, this probably isn't going to make the final cut. Yeah, but yeah. I, I feel a lot better about the other games on the board, I feel like, than this one. Yeah. Well, let's uh, – I, I mentioned this is – we're going to hit my two favorite teams right right out the gate here because uh, we got the UConn Huskies up next against a real real physical, real talented, a very athletic Arkansas team that really gave it to Kansas – uh, Arkansas was really fun to watch. I, uh, I'm nervous as a UConn fan. This game makes me super nervous. The line's three and a half, at least last time I saw it. So, um, I lean Arkansas here, but again, that's because I'm, uh, I have watched a lot of UConn games this year, but I, I seem to catch the bad ones. <laughs> um, but, at, uh, Sonogo can be a difference maker. He's huge. He, he can rebound, uh, so well. And, uh, I mean, UConn right up there uh, with offensive and defensive efficiency. We went through all these stats last week's show, so um, don't need to go through all that again. Um, Hawkins is, is heating up. When, when they let him shoot, he can really be um, incredible, but I just get nervous. Uh, Hurley has had some, some quick exits from the tournament, and I don't, I'm still not 100% convinced that he's a great coach. But um, Eric Musselman, on the other hand, on the other hand, I think he, I think he is really good. So I don't know if there's a coaching advantage there. What are your thoughts? Uh, what do we need to know? I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, the the Dan Hurley angle. I'm a skeptic now. I, I I think he's done a great job getting talent back into New yeah. Haven or stores or what is New Haven? I think um, stores. Stores. Okay, yeah. Um, but. He has, even when he was at Rhode Island to me, like his teams were more talented than a lot of different teams. And I felt like they're, they always hit that wall. Now this mm-hmm. UConn team is talented enough to win the national championship. I believe that. Like when I look at that roster, I go, wow, you know, Sonogo, you know, 
you said, like you said, Hawkins. Um, Jackson's really good yeah, too. Newton, the ECU transfer. Um, uh, they're a really talented team. So I, I could totally see, you know, them winning the national championship if coached correctly and, and, and you're able to make those adjustments in game and stuff, which I always ponder, you know, and maybe right. Dan Hurley's evolving. I'm not sure, but I can tell you this, uh, Arkansas's analytics. I thought, you know, everyone coming in saying, no, oh, they didn't have this. T-. You got to throw those analytics out the window. They had uh, so many injuries throughout the year. I feel like it doesn't represent how good they really are. Uh, you know, Nick Smith was out for a lot of the season. They had other games where they missed the the Mitchell brothers. Uh, so, the, I mean, they've had a slew of injuries. I'm, I'm probably forgetting some too. Um, but Eric Musselman can will his team. I was on Arkansas to beat Kansas for that reason is I feel like he gets the maximum out of his teams. Uh, I was also on that because of your podcast. <laughs> I listened to your take on that game. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Arkansas here. That that makes sense. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And, and yeah. look, I mean, uh, Musselman goes to like the elite eight or sweet 16. It seems like every year, I think the last three or four NCAA tournaments he's been a part of, even when he was at Nevada, he made a sweet 16. Uh, and I, I think that's part of part of, uh, you know, his thing is like, hey, you know, I think he's very good at just being a coach, making the adjustments. I remember I think it was the opening round a year ago. They were getting beat down in the first half and he made great second half adjustments. They ended up winning by double. Yeah. Digits. So they, they they came they came around and, and actually won by the number that they had. Were, I think they were laying like 11 and they ended up uh, covering because of his halftime adjustments. And I can tell you this, this team is talented. Ricky Council Jr. is is, is a stud. That I mean, they got some great guys from the portal. I think, I gun, you know, gun to the head here, I have to take Arkansas just because I need to see Dan Hurley actually advance past the Sweet 16 for me to be 100% sold. Roster standpoint, I think UConn's the better roster. But I think Eric Musselman's clearly the more proven coach in this matchup. Yeah. All right. So we're kind of seeing things eye to eye so far. Um, which is not great because you're picking against my two favorite teams. Thank you very much, Colby. You can still um, win. But, you can still win. We can yeah. still cover. Right? That's right. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, this one, this one hurts me. Um, I had Memphis in my final four um, and me Arizona. Too. Me Thank too. you very much. I had Memphis. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought Memphis, uh, you know, it well, the one bracket that I gave away in Memphis and Arizona in the final four. So boom. Yeah. And they should have won that yeah. game. One point lead, yeah, ten but, seconds left with the ball, and you you kidding me? And you throw it away. It was like Virginia. I was on the opposite, like the San Diego State game. I was so excited, and then the Memphis game. I was just so bummed. But we're not talking about Memphis. We're talking about Florida Atlantic. We're talking about the Owls. Um, they love to shoot the three, but Tennessee is one of the best, if not the best, uh, team defending the three. This is a really interesting matchup to me uh, because the line is set at five and a half. I feel like. They want me to take Tennessee. They are tricking me into taking Tennessee. And guess what? It's working. I'm leaning Tennessee. Um, where are you at here? Am I wrong? I'm I'm leaning Florida Atlantic because I okay. Tennessee. So Tennessee lost their leading scorer uh, in Ziegler. their best shot. Yeah, Zakai Ziegler, and it didn't cost them against Duke. You got to remember, Duke is incredibly young. Incre- they had never been in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, the, the, basically their whole starting or four of their starting five had never played a tournament game. Tennessee had that advantage. Also, Tennessee does have a couple of guys that are 24 years old. And and that, that you know what? That still concerns me a little bit in this matchup because Florida Atlantic, 
They're not Duke young, but they still are on the rather young side of it. They have a lot of juniors, a lot of sophomores on that roster. Uh, but, man, I, I just believe in, in the way Florida Atlantic plays the game. All year I've been watching this team. And, look, I had Memphis beating them, but I was really disappointed that they were playing each other because I would have probably took right. Florida Atlantic in, if they were matched up against another team. I think they're capable because of – and I also think they play a couple teams that play like Tennessee. I think uh, North Texas that's in the Conference USA that just beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State in the NIT last night, they play a very similar game uh, that that Tennessee does. And and Florida Atlantic was able to have success against it. Now, I mean, obviously they, they also, I think, lost a game to them. But my point is I, is I like the fact that they get to play a team with with similarities to me on the way yeah. that they go about it. Um, and they have a couple extra days to prepare with, you know, the week they, they, that's huge. Institutes with those concepts, yeah. you know, like they, they're not learning it all from scratch. They've got some time. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, now at the same time, I mean, I worry about, will the youth play the, you know, they're on their third NCAA tournament game ever on these guys on the roster. Yeah. Um, I worry a little bit about that, but, I just also think that at some point it's going to catch up to Rick Barnes because Tennessee, I don't think it's the same team without Ziegler. I think they're offensively challenged and somehow it worked out against Duke. I think they're, they're just due, especially when I'm getting points. And maybe Tennessee wins this game, but especially if I'm getting points, I think I just have to take Florida Atlantic. But I also, I, I kind of think Florida Atlantic's just a flat out better team. So I think I'm going to ride it on the money line too. Oh wow, that's 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 some spicy that's some spicy stuff. Last week we uh, I had um, Justin Perry on the show and we were talking about how Barnes' record against the like ATS is just not great. Like he just doesn't really perform um, all that all that well. So um, all right, uh, Florida Atlantic is the play here uh, for Colby, and I'm no longer going to bet Tennessee minus five and a half. I knew they were tricking me, um, so I'm just th- thankful that you <laughs> walked me through it. I'm just um, I mean, look, uh, I mean. If, if if it does hit for you, I would say it would be the experience factor. If it yeah. does hit for you, I would say the, the experience is the one thing I'm concerned about is they're still young too. And, uh, you know, but Louisiana almost beat Tennessee in the first round. And to me, Florida Atlantic's a much better version of Louisiana. That's great. All right, we're going to hit the rest of the games right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. And we get to, uh, this is probably um, one of my favorite teams left. Just love the way UCLA plays. 
Um, I really, uh, Tiger Campbell is just so fun to watch. And uh, Jay Trey, as I call him, because, you know, Jaime Jaquez Jr., three three J's. It's just, it's perfect. Jay Trey is it. That's got to stick. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> I started calling him that last year. In the, in, and I was like, I need to, I need to have a bo- basketball podcast just so I can talk about Jay Trey. <laughs> anyway, um, I really, I really like this UCLA team. Uh, the line is, it's pretty tight. It's minus two. Um, last time I saw it anyway. Uh, obviously, Drew Timmy, talk about experience. This guy has been here and gotten it done numerous times. Uh, he has been really fantastic uh, all season here and, and doing it again uh, in the tournament. Close line. I'm on UCLA minus two, uh, but I also really just like this team. And so I don't know if I'm going in with uh, with that bias in mind. No, I'm on UCLA minus two, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm a lot more nervous after the David Singleton injury, and you got the bonus situation. Is he 100%? Obviously, Jalen Clark is out for the season. I mean, how many more hits can this team take is the question. And, you know, right. the last two times these teams have played in the tournament, they've been absolute classics. That the, the, the type of games you would put on ESPN Classic or something, because I'm telling you, that scares me. That sca- Well, I, I like UCLA. To, to potentially my first bracket, I had them uh, winning the national championship before Sean had the same teams as me. Uh, <laughs> I am concerned, though, about the depth, and I am concerned. This is probably a harder matchup than they would face in the next two rounds, potentially. Um, uh, you got, what, a top five defense with UCLA, but like I said, you got their best defensive player is a game-time decision, and one of their other star defensive players is a game-time decision. That is, uh, I mean, that's not including their, actually their best defensive player is out for the year. Janet yeah. Clark was their best. I'm talking about, but they have two other really good defenders that, uh, that and they play on Thursday. Time. They don't play yeah. on Friday. They don't have an extra day to rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, and it's in Vegas, which, you know, I think UCLA will have a little bit, but I mean, those, those boys in Spokane travel. So. I, I wouldn't be surprised this is 50-50, if not, you know, if not, maybe even 60-40. Um, I just think they're experienced, but both teams are experienced. I, You know what I think the difference is, is Tiger Campbell. I think the, the, clear, the only weakness that I spot through Gonzaga is their guard play. Well, defensively also, but their guard play. And I think Tiger Campbell's going to have to have a huge day, and I think he will because I think he's a stud. Uh, and I think that's the deciding factor for me. UCLA is the better defensive team. I believe defense travels better in March. So I think the mixture of the elite guard play for, for the Bruins and defense will be the, will be the deciding factor, but hopefully Singleton and Bona play because if not that, that line should be going down. If not. <laughs> yeah. It should be like a pick em probably really. I mean, it feel, I mean, yeah, we don't have to get into all that, but we, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I I, I hate the, those injuries for them. It's it's going to make it all that more difficult. But uh, I could see the winner of this game, like you said, uh, going making a real deep run. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's head over to to San Diego State versus Alabama. The line here seven and a half. I I kind of lean San Diego State. They love to play defense. I think they can slow this game down a little bit. I think Alabama still ends up winning. They might even end up winning. Like when you're watching it, it feels pretty comfortable. Like. San Diego State is always just like six to eight points away. Uh, but at the end of the game, uh, I think uh, San Diego State keeps it within this number. Uh, I do think Alabama, ridiculously talented, but also pretty young. Uh, so where are your takes here, Colby? 
This game's fascinating to me. Um, this you have. So when Alabama has lost this year, uh, they lost to, well, I know they lost to UConn, but it doesn't really fit my model. I think that my model. <laughs> that that, that, that was early in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma. They lost to Texas A&M. They lost to Tennessee. They almost lost to Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa. Those four teams all have a similar game style that they play. They, they're great defensive teams. They're also very slow. And they make, by being that slow, you make a team like Alabama have to be perfect on their possessions, which they're kind of known for running up the court and shooting a bunch of shots and getting offensive rebounds and kind of kind of uh, organized confusion. You know what I mean? Like kind of like let's yeah, just run yeah. around. And, and I think when you have a slow, methodical team like that, uh, that is great in transition defense, I think it gives them problems. You know, now they were still able to beat Mississippi State. They beat Texas A and M one of the or in the in the other game. So I'm not saying this is a, a sure thing that San Diego State's going to win on the money line, but San Diego State plays that way. They're 175th in pace, and they're an elite defensive team that just doesn't uh, you know they they don't kill you offensively with turnovers and stuff. So San Diego State also to me they're they're athletic just like all those teams I mentioned. You know, they got the, these, they, they, they're deep, they're 10 deep. Uh, so I, I do like the Aztecs to cover this. Um, I wonder if Bama has learned throughout the year, how to, you know, the last time they played A&M, they did beat them and maybe they've, they've started to learn how to, how to succeed against these teams that want to slow you down and grind it out. But, uh, I still think it's, I, I just don't. Okay, so Nate Oates runs the Paul Westhead philosophy offense. It just run up and shoot, and you know, you know, the more percentage, the more shots you get, the the more percentage of the, the you know that the ball is going to go in the the bucket. I still don't know if that will really win in March. And you know, I know he's gotten this thus the, you know this far, but you know, what was it, Corpus Christi in Maryland? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you know, as as the yeah. stakes get higher, I'm a I'm a little more reluctant to believe that that will work. You got the one seed this year, and credit to you for that. But I think San Diego State could catch him, and I think uh, this could be a close game. Now, obviously, Brandon Miller's a stud; will be a top five draft pick. So even if it's a close game, they do have a guy, a shot creator that San Diego State does not, and maybe that's all the difference you need to advance. But give me San Diego State in the points, uh, and and I'm fascinated by that matchup because you have the super fast pace of the Crimson Tide against a, a rather slow pace of San Diego state. So, and both teams really like to use, you know, they're capable of using pretty, pretty big rotation. So, uh, give me the Aztecs and the points. I wouldn't think it was that crazy if they won on the money line, but they have to do what Oklahoma did or what Tennessee did and lock them down and play really slow. Yeah. You can't, you, you, you don't want to do a same game parlay with San Diego state and the over probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah if if, if they win, it's going to be a low, low scoring game. Most likely. I, okay. That's, that's good stuff. Let's move over to another uh, one seed and one of the, you know, elite defense again, the uh, Houston takes on Miami Houston favored by a touchdown here. Uh, minus seven. Talk me through this one. I'm fa- this is another one I'd say like it's another one that really catches my eye. You got two, I think two very elite 
coaches and Jim Laranega, who took George Mason to the final four, took Miami to the elite eight last year. You don't talk about George Mason around me. Okay. Oh, 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 that's right. UConn, man. I get it. I get it. I'm connecting the dots here. Uh, and then, <laughs> then you have, <laughs> Oh, that was a fantastic game to watch though. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, then you have the Houston Cougars, uh, you know, Kelvin Sampson, took him to the final four what, a couple years ago. Also to, he's, you know, been to the final four, I think with Oklahoma. Uh, and so you got two, two proven coaches that are, that are collecting social security. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm fascinated by that angle, but I also think Miami kind of caters to the style that Houston plays. If you look at, at Miami's real problems, I think throughout the past two years, cause this is an experienced team just like Houston's experience, but Miami kind of gets beat by really big teams, right? I feel like that's one of the weaknesses when you go back and look at some of their losses, the really big teams get them. Houston's not, Houston kind of plays small ball and puts a lot of guards on the court, which is kind of exactly what Miami does. So I I think it's a fascinating uh, game because of that. Um, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, are stud guards that I think are going to be able to go. The big question to me is, can they step it up defensively against the, the, the Houston guards? Cause we know the Houston guards can play really good defense, but I think the real X factor is Norchad O'Meara, the big man mm-hmm. that Miami brought in from Arkansas state. I think he could be a problem for Houston. And that's, do you reason- think he's fully healthy now? Do you think he's, I think so. And I think he, when he played, he looked better than what I thought he would look. Uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Now he's an extra five days yeah. to rest. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, he's, he's, he's got to, he's got, I mean, he can't get injured or, uh, you know, if he was to re-injure that or tweak that, I think Miami's chances of winning the game go down the, go down, you know, with it. But, uh, I like Miami in the points here. I like Miami in the points, but they got to start out aggressive because if you start out cold against Houston, you can lose right away. Like you get a Houston gets a 20 point lead or 15 point lead. It's over because the way they play defense, I think they can boa constrictor. They just kind of exactly. They squeeze the life out of you. Yeah. You really move the ball much and slow it down. So yeah, 30 second possessions. And then, but I think Larinaga is, is a good enough coach. You know, this is a guy that I think is criminally underrated as a head coach. And, and I think he's a good enough coach, you know, to, to go back to that run. I know that I know the one that you hate uh, against yeah. against UConn, you know, but he beat the game like, shouldn't what? have been held there anyway. No, I'm just kidding. True. Yeah, in DC, true, true. But yeah, <laughs> but look, we can't deny the facts that that run that it was run, incredible. They beat they beat uh, what Calhoun, Jim Calhoun, Larinaga beat. He beat Roy Williams. He beat Tom Izzo. And and Greg Marshall, who was at Wichita, who was actually a good coach, but you know he got in some trouble. But uh, that's a great. He basically, uh, you know, I, that's why I'm saying Larinaga. I think we'll have a game plan that can keep the Hurricanes in this game. I'm taking the points with Miami, despite me having Houston to win it all. All right, I like it. This game uh, probably not one that uh, many expected. We got Princeton versus Crichton. Uh, the Blue Jays minus ten here. I gotta be honest. This game is the one I'm probably least excited <laughs> to watch. Uh, I really was hoping Yale would make it in from the Ivy League, like having lived in New Haven for as long as I did. 
uh, but it wasn't meant to be. The game was in Princeton. So, yeah. I mean, they had it's an like advantage the there. It's like thing all over. Yeah. 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 But they but they played well. Uh, they really surprised me uh, in their last game. I, I did not think they would even cover. I thought they would get um, just kind of walked over. But that, here they are in the Sweet 16 against a really strong Creighton squad. Um, curious to, to hear your thoughts. Are you – is this one of the games – that you're least excited in or can you can you hype me up for this one too well i'll tell you this i had a power rank all of them uh on the show i did last night and i put this one at last because of the potential but just because of the potential of a blowout i thought missouri was going to beat princeton i thought arizona was going to beat princeton and i got to give them credit i got to give them credit because (laughs) i mean i kind of think that wasn't a fluke i think they were better than both teams you know the Furman win against Virginia, you could say, ah, kind of a fluke. You know, they got the right bounces at the right time and made their shots at, you know, credit to them. But when you watch the Princeton games, I watched the, uh, I watched the Missouri game a second time, just at the, in the office. And I'm like, they were just better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they were just out rebounding them, uh, out scheming them. In my opinion, as far as the backdoor cuts and everything, I felt like they were just, they were just attacking them, uh, I wonder, I mean, I, I look, I, I have Creighton going far, so and I think Creighton's really good, but I can tell you this, I have a little bit of concern with the 10-point spread because Creighton is not the greatest, like Princeton's a great offensive rebounding team. That's a weakness of Creighton's. So I see some some spots where Princeton could, could perhaps, uh, you know, take advantage, but I also wonder, like, how long can they play at that level? How yeah. long can they play at that level? And it would and Creighton's a team that I think is, is was a lot better than their actual end of the year record because of uh, Ryan Cockbrenner's injury. So uh, I'm going to take the points, but I I do, I do still fear that like this could be like a 30 point game. It's potential, you know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I'm still going to take the points though because I've seen them look really good two tournament games in Arizona. And Creighton are on the same talent level. You know what I mean? Like that. Like right. that's one where you just got to say, "Wow, they did this." So credit to to them. And then I also wonder, like, could is there a chance that'll be a Princeton crowd? Oh, that would be silly. <laughs> but I guess it's in Louisville, like, Kentucky, yeah. and I'm like, wait, that's not that far from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, and they have money to travel, like the alumni. Right. I was like, right. maybe that and. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see myself. It, Alabama's also playing in that field, and you got to think if Ala, you know, the the fans would probably be rooting for Prince in there. So that's another angle to think about. But give me the ten. I don't love it, but uh, we'll see. What do you do? Yeah, what? no, that's in, that, it's it's a big line. It's it's one thing for like you know in, in football, a backdoor cover is a lot easier because you know you touchdown is six points. Uh, you only get a three pointer, you know, but I could see this game again, like you said, it feeling really out of hand. Creighton just has has taken care of business, but you know, maybe Princeton with their ability to get second chance points down the stretch, maybe they can at least keep it close enough that that this ten points is is all we need. I mean, so how do we have I, how, how do we have an Ivy League school twelfth in the nation rebounding? That's fascinating. Yeah, that, That's fascinating yeah. to me. But yeah, this is I, like the first tournament. This is like the first tournament that my uh, my kids have really gotten into sports, and like they got really into the World Cup um, a couple months back, and so since then it's just kind of like 
trickled into everything else. So like they've been, my, my oldest actually did pick the Purdue upset. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what they, they're like, I picked that one as a joke. <laughs> I was like, that was funny. Joke. Gotta flex that one. Gotta flex that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, we were, we were just talking. I forget where I was going with this story. Um, but no, they were like, wait, so, so these guys go to Princeton and then they play basketball. Like, how do they do that with all the school and all that? Like, and I was telling them like, yeah, the Ivy league schools, like they have different rules around um, giving out scholarships and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, well, how are they winning this game? I was like, I don't know. I don't know how they're winning this game. That's why it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, they, they shouldn't be. And here they are. And like you said, like you wouldn't expect to see them with such great uh, rebounding numbers. It's just not what you would expect. You would expect, you know, uh, a lot of high percentage shooting numbers, well, which, you know, and, and I mean, look at Arizona and look at uh, Missouri. I think Kobe Brown will be playing in the NBA. I think a lot of Missouri's team will be playing at least a professional somewhere. Uh, I, th- I would say like four out of five starters, maybe five out of five starters. will be playing pro ball somewhere in the world. Arizona's got two or three guys that will be in the NBA. And it's like, what? Princeton's got yeah. zero. You know what I mean? Princeton's got one guy, maybe two guys that could potentially be playing pro somewhere. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> maybe or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's fascinating, and that's why this tournament's so amazing. Is because of situations like that where, and that wasn't a fluke. Go watch the tape. Right. The tape will tell you everything. Um, yeah, fascinating game there. Give me Princeton the points. I hope it's not a blowout. Yeah, I like it. Let's hit this last game here. We've got Xavier versus Texas. The Longhorns. Um, favored here what's my number i just had it four. Uh, minus four yeah so texas disu rice they look really really good it's hard for me to not want to trust this texas the, the players on this team uh they look like they're ready to make a deep run in this tournament um so I, i'm kind of leaning texas minus four here xavier uh was one of those teams that's like surely they're gonna come back and win and i got them um i think minus two um in that first game where they had to come all the way back so i barely i was like one of the only ones that i actually cashed but uh they've they've been struggling um off and on where where do you where do you sit with this do you think texas uh wins this one kind of easily like i do or do you think this is going to be a struggle i mean i think texas is the better team and i'm i'm taking the minus four i was a bit surprised by the line i thought it should have been more and that always makes me weary Right. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, Xavier Xavier is one of the most experienced teams in the nation, just like Texas is. But, you know, I thought this line would be at like seven, seven and a half. I was shocked that it was at four, which just has me always hesitant. Now, I've already placed my bets on Texas just because I believe Texas is. I actually think Texas might have a decent shot to win the national championship. Um, but. Xavier is super experienced, and for one game, this is not a seven-game series. For one game, right? It's certainly Sule Boom has been in college for like thirty years. I feel like and has one of the best names. Yes, for any sport. <laughs> and, and the only he reason be why a kicker really. <laughs> the only reason why Big East fans don't remember him is because he's been at every other university. He was at San Francisco. Uh, you know, Gonzaga fans will remember him from from him having great games against them. Then he goes down to UTEP and has success there. They missed the NCAA tournament, but he was their best player. Uh, so he's been at every stop. You can imagine he's a guy that's capable of taking a game over. Now, Xavier, the line just doesn't make sense to me. I'm on Texas. I'm hammering it. But I wonder, you know, 
it it just doesn't make I'm thinking also another thing is I mean I don't know Texas fans travel well too. I think it should be about 50-50. I think Texas is going to win this game. They're the better team. I know Rodney Terry doesn't have the tournament experience uh, you know similar to, to I mean Sean Miller's got the advantage in NCAA tournament games coached. Yeah, does it bother you at all like Texas's coach leading halfway through the season like like beard Originally, um, yeah, I thought it meant they were cooked, and credit to Rodney Terry. And actually, I do believe this. Credit to the way that they're handling this. They didn't extend him, and I think they should extend him, but I like the fact they're not doing it so the players are playing for their coach, I think. They want yeah. to see him extended and, and you know have job security and be a head coach. That's another angle that I like about this. I don't think Texas is the better team, but I am shocked at that line. I'll hammer Texas minus four, but... I don't understand how they came up with that line. Yeah. So a quick philosophical question here, because um, you said you thought maybe minus seven made a lot, would have been where kind of you projected it. So um, over on DraftKings, you could get Texas minus seven at plus 145. Would you ever, or do you ever bet alt lines um, to get a better return? Um, Or is that something you're just like, no, just give me the minus 110 or the money line. Uh, No, I think occasionally I do, but also, Sometimes when the lines are, are this, you know, stinky in a way, it also scares me off of them sometimes. Like, sure. Like, uh, who was it? The Duke, Tennessee game. I was ready to go all in on Duke. And then I was like, wait, why is this line so small? I kind of thought Duke should have been, you know, another three and a half, four point favorite. Uh, but it was, you know, I'm sorry. It, I, I thought it should have been like six or seven. It was three. And then uh, Tennessee wins the game outright. So I was like, Vegas do something I don't know because I don't understand yeah. how they like if you any way you throw those numbers together, you're not going to get that. Uh, at least from what we we can tell, you know. And I've I I know some guys and I that that make the lines and stuff. And I, I was a bit shocked at that. So that always could be an issue too. But yeah, I've done the I've done the alt lines a few times. I like it in football more. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and how where do you stand on uh, on on doing some parlays here? Would you do any money line parlays with any of these uh, shorter lines, or parlays just something that you kind of statistically, you know, you typically the I like gambler loses on parlays, I, but you I like it. it. It's still fun. It's fun. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I've already I've already placed. I I did the uh, the coach the coaching uh, parlay here of. Uh, I went Musselman plus four, and then I did uh, uh, Jerome Tang plus two. We'll see if that hits. Um, I, I've also placed a money line play on the Miami Hurricanes, but we'll see. Nice. So, so those are some of the plays you like. The Hurricanes. You mentioned Texas. Oh yeah, um, I, the Texas one, like, was my favorite play because I think they're gonna. I just, but I was just, I kind of backed off how big I was going to bet it because. Sure. Because of the line stinking, um, my, my my so actually my largest wager of the day is on Miami and and uh, and Florida Atlantic as a parlay or two individuals. Those are two individual ones, but you know okay, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what though? I might even do that as a uh, I I I like the Florida Atlantic's chances to win the game outright. So I like that uh, parlayed with with. Miami and the points don't take both on the money line don't take both. okay that's good yeah that that's good advice right there although um 
two years ago, I had uh, a parlay that included the Ohio Bobcats beating Virginia. Oh, and you all, you all would have been so proud of me because uh, it was like cash out. And I was like, no, baby, I'm going to let it ride. We're doing this. I just knocked my <laughs> mic over because I got so excited remembering that moment. Um, but yeah, I just I just was like, I'll go down with the ship at this point. This is too exciting. And uh, yeah, oh. love that that game that game was wild i remember watching that game yeah that's great so um given the teams i didn't tell you i was going to do this but you might be ready for this anyway given given the teams that are left uh what is uh your final four who who are who are the teams that escape this weekend Oof. let's that's this is good i like this um well i will go I think Alabama probably gets past San Diego state. So we'll put Alabama in the elite eight. Then they are going to be taking on uh, Creighton. I believe I actually think I'm going to put Creighton in the final four. Ooh. Uh, I think they can give Alabama some, some problems from an offensive standpoint, but I am always scared. I mean, to both those coaches haven't had deep tournament runs. So, you know, that, that would be a fascinating element there uh, in the East region. I'm going to take Florida Atlantic to beat Tennessee. And then I'm going to take this one is like a, a toss up to me. I, I really have a hard time picking this game. Give me Kansas state to win the game. I don't know. I feel like this is a 50, 50 game though. I feel like that's the hardest game to, to, to really forecast in this whole remaining uh, sweet 16. But, uh, and then they would get Florida Atlantic. And I find that game fascinating. I actually think if you're a Florida Atlantic fan, you want to play Kansas state and not Michigan state, because I think Michigan state mm. will beat. Um, uh, I'll put, man, you know what? If it's Kansas state, I could see Florida Atlantic winning that game, but give me, give me the winner yeah, of the Michigan state, Kansas state game in the final four. I'm not going to go with the super Cinderella. So give me yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. Houston, uh, I think that Houston Miami game is fascinating. Let's give me Houston to get past them. Give me Texas to get past uh, Xavier, and then that game is fantastic. That that That's is an unbelievable one. game because uh, I really believe Texas could could uh, could beat them. I think Texas probably has a, the more talented roster, um, but Samson has the experience. I'll still take Houston. It's in Houston, so but even that that could be a Texas crowd. Yeah, Texas ain't um, yeah. Uh, then you have, I have UCLA beating Gonzaga in, in what should be another great game. I have, uh, I have Arkansas beating UConn and then I have, I, know UCLA, you do. I have UCLA beating Arkansas. <laughs> so, uh, that would be the way I, I have the final four, but I'll be honest. What's so great about college basketball is I don't think anybody yeah. is going to be able to nail this. If you do, you got lucky because college basketball has been so there's so much parody the sport's never been healthier in my opinion yeah i like that take because i hear some people talking about like oh the transfer portal's ruining it you've got all like the like these kind of nothing schools making deep runs and good programs not being able to be historically great anymore like there's not the consistency and like man that's what march madness is all about though like that's what we love oh, and, and- and they were cheating like the top schools were cheating forever they were doing it already yeah. yeah now it's now it's legal to cheat essentially and guess what uh other teams and also i mean for years let's be honest and like look i, I love some of these classic coaches as much as the next guy but block there's a reason why the transfer portal got crazy 
All right. And it was an overreaction because for decades, probably 30 or 40 years, coaches would be assholes and say, you know what? I know you're not going to get any minutes on this team, but you're not transferring. You're not yeah. transferring because I'm blocking your transfer. So, you know, that, ridiculous. You know, you're just looking for a better opportunity and, and, and you're going to penalize them for not fitting into your schemes. You know what I mean? And, and so you finally have, but then an, they'll, uh, be, they'll be happy to jump at the first opportunity to make, you know, yeah. X million more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And come on, like, you know, to do that to guys that aren't even going to see the time in your schemes, I feel like is criminal. And, and, and then, so for 40 years that it was happening, maybe 50 years. Uh, and guess what? It finally swings the other way. And of course it swings kind of far the other way, but this is what happens. You, you guys deserve all of that, in my opinion. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, and but I think it also strengthens the game. You might not have the for the lay fan that that won't remember Sule Boom because he was at UTEP last year. Fair. All right. That, but at the same time, these the games are going to be better. And you're seeing it with a 15 winning every week or every year. I'm sorry. Not yeah. Every week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons like I for a while kind of hated all these upsets. Like I like the very first game upsets, but then going deeper, I'm like I don't really want to see a 15 seed in the sweet 16 because it's just less um, competitive matches moving forward. But there's only one line that's in double digits this weekend. Like we expect these for the most part to be pretty close, pretty fun. I mean, the amount of games that you're excited about, the amount of games that I'm excited about, there's a lot of really good, fascinating storylines and, uh, skilled teams that we get to watch. So I don't think it's watering down the sport at all either. Like I yeah. I don't think it's, it's hurting the product. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's fun. I'm excited. Uh, this is going to be an awesome uh, four days. And uh, you know, if for, for you soccer fans, we've got some Euro qualifying matches coming up too, which I can't get enough of. <laughs> so we uh, we're, we're in for a good, good weekend. A lot of, a um, lot of sports to, to keep our attention, but uh, Colby, thank you so much again for joining me uh, today. Again, you can find Colby uh, over at the college football or college basketball experience. Um, thank you again for joining me. You guys have a lot of podcasts out right now on the tournament. So if you want some more in-depth coverage, go listen to them. Uh, last week, they were the ad right before the show. So maybe you just heard an ad uh, by the, the Sean Green. So uh, go check them out as well. Um, follow them because they're always giving out great content and having a lot of fun in the process. Uh, we were talking about before the show and yeah, the second I started listening to you guys, like these guys are crazy. And then I just kept listening. I was like, I like these guys. <laughs> so um, give, give, give Colby and the fellas a listen. It's always a good time. Colby um, appreciate you coming on uh, the show and uh, sharing your expertise with us. Oh, appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's always a blast, man. And thank you so much. And excited to watch these games and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, let's make it happen again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we, well, I was gonna say we'll be back, but this is a, a one-off show. I don't know if we're going to be back before uh, the final four, but who knows? Well, we'll see. I'll probably get something out there. Uh, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.